Hello, hello again, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Prep Extra podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom, and alongside with me again, it's Luke Mullen. Luke, busy week. You had a late night last night. Plenty of action going on around NEB preps. How you doing? A little sleep deprived. Yep, I um, bet. <laughs> but I mean, conference tournament week, can't really complain about all the great action, soccer, baseball. Uh, we've seen it all over. A lot of upsets, a lot of craziness um, that you really expect from some of these conference tournaments. So it's been it's been busy, but a good week for sure. I mean, yeah, we had soccer uh, conference tournament, baseball hack that finished up last night that you were at. I mean, it's a good, it's a good time, middle of April. That's where you get those conference tournaments. But now with those done, their focus now start to turns to finish out the season well to get good placement for districts. So exciting time, definitely. I mean, soccer really, if you're if you're looking at some of the schedules, it's not many games left. I mean, what two so, weeks? Yeah, some of these Class A teams only have three or four um, on their schedule, maybe five games. So, yep, it is. We are down the stretch already here in the spring sports season, and let's recap what happened. We have a lot to go over. A lot of things happened, um, and Luke, let's begin on the soccer side uh, for girls. They had the Metro Soccer Tournament, and. Uh, unlike on the boys' side, this one was kind of expected. You had the number one and two teams in there. Definitely. I think it's kind of interesting just looking at the soccer landscape um, in both Class A boys and girls. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Lincoln teams kind of competing in in both and, and obviously um, some fantastic teams from the Metro as well. But I think particularly on the girls' side, a little bit more top-heavy, yep. the depth. Um, as this week definitely proved, I think every every team in in Class A Metro boys can pretty much beat each other on a a given night. But I mean, seeing Gretna's dominance just over the course of the entire season, not really surprised that they made it there and that they ended up winning. Um, obviously, Marion great opponent as well. But for Gretna, Charlie French she she opened the scoring early, and Addison LaRock had the the second goal as well. So. You know their their defense has really kind of been their calling card, um, as as you mentioned, completely dominant just throughout. Uh, they they didn't concede a goal the entire tournament. Um, the only kind of worry, and this comes from Nick Rubick from the World Herald, who's who's the, he was there all week. I'm sure he had some some late nights just like I did, but he reported that Gretna's forward Madeline White had to leave that game with an apparent knee injury. And she's been one of their top scorers all year. So a lot of depth there for Gretna, but hopefully she recovers quickly and they uh, they don't miss her too much to continue their their great run. Second straight Metro Conference title for the Dragons at 2 nothing victory over Omaha Marion. Uh, another result, uh, again, th- that Metro tournament wasn't didn't really have a lot of big results, uh, upsets, but they did have one, and that was Omaha Westside, ranked number 10, upsetting number 5, Elkhorn South, uh, dealing the storm, the first loss of the season, 2 to nothing in that shutout. Yeah, I mean, Elkhorn South, they were undefeated going in, uh, but maybe not, you know, the same caliber of opponents, hadn't really had, you know, like a huge signature win. Westside really been tested, you know, a few losses against some of those top teams. So, yeah, you know, coming away with the win, I think, you know, 10 versus 5, I'm sure, um, you know that that'll balance out next week, next couple of weeks. I think they're they're pretty close in quality right there. 
And then uh, just another result in that Metro tournament, Papio South ring number eight overcame a loss to number seven, Millard West, come from behind two to one win. Uh, and Papio South, I mean, they could be a dark horse uh, come postseason. Their only other two losses was to Marion, who just lost in the Metro final. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think they're really up there in terms of those top class A teams. You know, obviously they, they had those those early losses and, you know, beaten Millard West, another really strong team, um, was a, a great win. Hannah Adkins, she scored both of those goals, so she can keep up that that scoring run. Uh, they'll definitely be a team to watch, and I think they, they have the talent to compete at the top of Class A. And then when you refocus here on the city, Lincoln Southwest picks up a big win, uh, one nothing victory over Lincoln East to move up to number three in the ratings. East is down to four. I mean, that's a big result. I mean, just statewide, um, but also just nice little rivalry in there for Southwest. <laughs> Feeling good after that one. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, really, I'm not surprised that was just a, a one-goal game. I mean, pretty low scoring. Obviously, some of these uh, weather conditions, some of these tough days, I think, play into that, too. But, I mean, both those teams just battle it out the whole time. And shout-out to Southwest and Aya Seymour. She scored that winning goal. Great basketball player, you know, part of that state runner-up team and missed her, her varsity soccer season last year due to injury. So been a big player on this year's team coming up in those big moments. And, you know, Southwest and East, I'm sure they'll they'll expect to see each other there at, at Morrison perhaps in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting top four because obviously Gretna has to be considered the front runner. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you could see some upsets. Um, we'll see once we get farther down, uh, closer yeah. to state. But, Despite it being kind of top-heavy, I think we have some intriguing matchups, certainly all throughout the state tournament in terms of first round and whatnot with the possibilities that are there. Yeah, so. I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, I mean, not necessarily the top seed always goes down, but I feel like state soccer, there's yeah. always one first-round game where you're really surprised yeah. some team comes out of nowhere and just, just pulls off a big one. It's rare. It's kind of rare to yeah. see it kind of the field just play out how the seeds are. Definitely. So, yeah. uh now we go down to the boys' side, and Luke, we had some chaos in the oh, Metro. Yeah. Uh, Creighton Prep and Omaha South did square up again in the quarterfinals. And man, Creighton Prep continued their impressive performances. 4-1 to one, uh, victory over the Packers. And from there, it kind of looked like the Prep was going to cruise on down to their tournament uh, championship. But nope. Not at all. It just doesn't play out like that. And, I mean, that was a dominant, dominant win. I think they scored in the first minute, um, had a penalty, had a free kick goal, I believe. I mean, they were just getting it done all over, really. It was the second time they've done that, Doma South, which is very rare. Like, you won't see that again for the next, I don't know, five years? I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, teams putting up four goals on Omaha South. and, and Teams just, don't do that. Yeah, just dominating against them. And you're, you're going, okay, wow, this prep team is is really special, you know, hasn't lost all year. And then these, these other Metro teams, they're saying, hey, <laughs> don't forget about us. We're here too. Uh, and then you got Omaha Westside, who loses to Omaha Bryan, which, then, uh, which also then beat Prep in a consolation game. So teams are just, like, exchanging wins and losses yeah. here within the Metro. Because uh, I saw that result from O'Brien yesterday. I'm like, hold on, let me scroll in and make sure I saw that correctly. Yep. Oma Bryan beat Creighton Prep. Yep, 1-0 game. And, you know, th- there is a lot of soccer talent at Bryan, but I think, you know, they're like 6-5 and five on the year. Um, you know, a-, a little inconsistent here and there. So 
I mean, really, I'm sure had to dig deep and, and defend like crazy in that one. Um, you know, to, to pick up that win, I mean, they're going to be riding that momentum yeah. for the next couple of weeks for sure. And then uh, in that semifinal with Creighton Prep, it was Papio South, ranked number three, upset the Junior Jays 2-1 to one to make it to the tournament finals. And like we said with the girls, their dark horse, Papio South, could be in there as well. Beat Prep, make it to the Metro Finals. Gretna, though, would ultimately beat the Titans 2 to nothing to win their first ever boys' conference title. You're the Dragons, uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, first time winning uh, in football, asterisk mark. Um, but in come and win soccer here in boys metro, girls uh, win it. Dragons are rolling right now. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know that the girls' soccer team has, has really kind of been at, at that top level. And it, it's kind of interesting. I think, you know, um, the the club soccer organization in Gretna has really been coming on strong for the last 10 ish years that I can remember. And definitely we're, we're seeing the results of that now. I mean, kids that are, are 16, 17, and they've been in that club soccer program, you know, for, for seven or eight years. I mean, that level of dedication and, and training definitely pays off. And these, these teams have the talent and obviously they, they know how to get it done and pick up some big wins I will say Papio South, I mean, just looking at their season schedule, big win over Lexington, a big Class B contender to start the year, beat Kearney. Um, only losses are to, are to Scott and then, as we mentioned, to Gretna in the championship game. So, I mean, they've done a great job picking up wins where they need to. But this Gretna team, um, in that final, Colin McClung, he provided the first goal. McGuire Perkins with the second goal to make it 2-0. Gretna outscored opponents 21-0 in the Metro Conference Tournament. Jeez. So same level of dominance. I mean, they are they are not allowing goals. Girls or boys, opponent, doesn't matter. Yeah. They're, they're keeping them out. It's interesting because when what you see in the Metro is that for a two- to three-year period, you see one portion of the Metro kind of like really dominate mm-hmm. in a lot of sports. A few years ago, I think it was Elkhorn South. Um, Westside has done that the past couple of years. Now – Kind of looks like that window is opening here for Gretna because uh, they've been really good this year. I mean, a lot, a lot of athletes coming back next year too. So this could be the start of pretty good run in all athletics for Gretna. No, that's it. That's a good point. Definitely Bellevue West. I think Bellevue West has to, obviously has to yeah, be up, up there. there too. Um, prep my junior Jays. Yep. They're they have some some uh, great runs. Obviously, a little different being a private school as as opposed to these different school districts. But you're definitely right. It is very kind of cyclical. Yeah. Um, it, it comes and it goes. And if you've got the athletic talent in the building, I mean, multiple sports, multiple um, different athletes, a lot of coaching talent, you yep. know, is a, a big draw as well. So we're, we're seeing that in Gretna right yeah. now. Uh, so aside from the chaos that happened in the Metro, when you talk about the city, Lincoln Southwest, who has upheld, who's upheld well this season, they did drop a game to Omaha Scott 2-1, to one, even though, I mean, Omaha Scott could compete pretty well in Class A. So uh, I don't think that's a bad loss by any means. So, uh, But, I mean, Southwest, they're kind of the top team right now on the boys' side in the city. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do down the stretch here. Definitely. I think, you know, that, that's a tough one to lose, but I, I don't think they're going to be too upset, no. um, you know, knowing the caliber of opponent that they played. And we got to give a shout out to Southwest senior Braden Kramer, committed to play Division One soccer at Omaha, Southwest leading scorer with nine goals this season. And I think he had about seven last year. So he's been tearing it up this no. year. Obviously, the, the college coaches are paying attention. So he's going to be a, a key player for them down the stretch. An interesting discussion, Luke, about 
the soccer scene is that part of me w- wishes that Nebraska had a men's team because yeah. I think then the soccer talent would be more on display. And that's not taking away from Creighton, and you will know, because obviously a lot of local kids go there and shine. But they don't get much attention, and certainly for media attention, they don't. those teams really don't get a whole lot unless they're in the national tournament or just doing really well. And I feel like having the Nebraska men's team would kind of push everything up in terms of exposure and everything. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, there, there's also a reason why, you know, the Nebraska women's soccer team just grabs, I mean, yeah. pretty much all the best players from the the state. You know, it's that that top brand, you know, that top team that you probably, you know, dream of, of playing growing up. Um, obviously, to have the men's team is, you know, a, a Title Nine thing. Yeah, so that's kind of a yeah, that's kind of a issue that's kind of out of our, our control and all but, that. But but I, I think I think the odd thing is that I'm pretty sure Nebraska is the only Big Ten school not to have a men's soccer mm. team, um, which you know you know some of that goes down to I guess you know like regional, um, you know the, the sports that are more played regionally. Yeah. I think you know being you know more more of a, a Midwestern and and upper Midwest and, and to the east, you know, it, it's a big sport up there as well. And, you know, going in the spring to, um, you know, in high school versus, you know, fall in college is a, a, a different animal as well. But I, I do definitely agree with you. I mean, two Division One programs in the state is fantastic. If there was a third, I mean, it, it would just do even more to give these opportunities to to all the fantastic players here in the state, especially in a Power Five conference. Oh yeah, in Nebraska. Yeah, totally. So, uh, hopefully, one day we get that. Um, but until then, I think soccer scene is still very, very good in Nebraska. Uh, let's recap what happened in track and field as well as boys golf on the track side. Uh, the Waverly invite was the other day and had a bunch of great performances. The Vikings Grant Shear won the 100 meter dash in 11.04 seconds. The number one time in Class B this season, Luke. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. And I think he uh, he won 200 meter as well. Mm, number yep. two in Class B. Uh, so sure, he's looking, looking to be a top contender there at the state meet and you know, every time every time you get a, a home track invite, you know, you're you're trying to bring your best yeah, out. Yep. And I mean it's it's safe to say Waverly definitely accomplished that goal. Very successful day for them there at their home meet. They would win the boys' title and Cole Murray would also shine eight hundred meter run champion as well as being part of that four by four hundred relay team that took home the gold as well. On the girls' side, it was Norris, another area team that won the girls' title with Taylor Bredhauer, uh, who won the 100 and 200 meter dash, in addition to the long jump. Just uh, winning three individual titles there, pretty impressive. Yeah, getting it done all over. Um, I'm pretty sure beat her her PR time there in the 100 as well. So doing that in April, um, you know, just you, you, you'd go to think that, you know, it's going to continue improving and increasing there up to uh, the the different track, uh, you know, meets up to districts and up there at state and a couple other great performances to note. Lincoln Christian's Hudson Op won the boys' thirty two hundred meter run and Wahoo's Carson Lavalli won discus and Benji Nelson won the triple jump. A couple multi sport athletes there at Wahoo that I saw out there on the football field and basketball court. Yep, you got to excel at the right time. It seems yeah. like those athletes are making their way as uh, the journey towards state in Omaha continues. 
But then you had the Hack Boys Golf Tournament uh, over this week as well. And it was Carney's Cole Federson who took the title as they uh, competed at Norfolk Country Club. Uh, birdied the par 4 16th and par 4 2nd at Norfolk to win the Hack title with an even par 72. And that's big, Luke, because again, Class A state is at Norfolk. So uh, obviously pin locations are going to be different come state tournament time. But the layout of the course, it's going to be basically the same uh when it comes to may and i think i i think jake Bohr won it last year's maybe two under um so even par is in there that's top 10 um so i think that's impressive for cole to get that score and maybe a benchmark to beat when it comes to state tournament time as well oh definitely and i mean it was it was a close race there to the finish as well so i mean dealing with some of that pressure early on um i think you know not like awful conditions but it wasn't i don't think yeah. it was a, a great day for golf out there either um so yeah definitely great practice and a, a great performance from Federson. um then other notable results columbus senior brock brock coleman and lincoln southeast's thomas bryson each shot a 73 to finish a tie for second place while the knights won the team individual title impressive there and i mean Thomas Bryson, I interned for the Nebraska Golf Association, so Thomas is really involved with that circuit over the summer. He's really impressive. Is he, I think he's only a sophomore, right? He's either a sophomore or a junior. I think he's a sophomore because he was really young last year. Um, but he is going to do some big things in the golf scene with how young he is. So watch out for him as the Knights um, finish up this regular season. So uh, that's what happened in Hack Boys Golf uh, as well as track and field. Uh, and Luke, let's transition uh, into baseball, your beat. Um, and, of course, I think the leading storyline in Class A this week was the Hack tournament baseball that finished up last night um and then you also had to battle on tuesday as well with the crazy weird weather that we have <laughs> yeah take me through that those past couple days because man it was pretty insane what you had to go through it has been wild and i think it's it's really interesting i mean there's there's a lot of different ways that you can set up a tournament and i mean playing this thing in two days is already going to be a sprint then you add in some crazy weather yeah. on on both of these days, and it, it just becomes even more wilder. Um, so yeah, on, on Tuesday, I mean it's it's ninety degrees. The wind is absolutely insane. I mean gusts forty, you know, forty miles an hour, definitely or more. I mean these these pitchers are standing up there on the mound trying not to get blown off the rubber. <laughs> I mean, any basically what I saw, anything in the air was just so difficult to deal with couple balls that, you know, go straight up and then they, in the air, you know, they're blown 10, 15 feet off course. I mean, nearly impossible for an outfielder to really read that thing off the bat like they normally would. And then you have infield pop-ups where, you know, shortstop thinks, oh, it's coming to me. And then it blows all the way over to second base, you know, first base territory. Um, So a lot of, a lot of different infield pop-ups kind of a drop in for, for base hits in those Tuesday games. And teams, you know, they, they had to battle against the conditions, and it, it showed in, in some big performances. Southeast was the big one that I was following. They were down pretty much the whole game there to North Star. Cam Tyner was just dominating on the mound, 14 strikeouts, I believe. Oh, uh, six and two-third innings, and bases loaded. Seventh inning, he reaches his pitch count, which is a, a real heartbreaker. Mm. Goes out of the game, couple walks. And then Mitt Lashley, huge walk-off hit there for Southeast. 
uh, to get that thing done. And, you know, they're, they're cleaning up the field. You know, they're getting everything going. And this is over at Densmore Park in uh, just near Southwest. And, you know, there's this big kind of like storm clouds coming in. I mean, the winds howl and everybody's like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And sure enough, I think about 45 minutes later, tornado warning, the hail, yep. the rain comes. So those games got in just at the right time on Tuesday. And then I was at the Nebraska Creighton game, and oh, that yeah. was chaos, which is all that moving in. And mm-hmm. that wind, and like you said, with that wind affecting it, that was the same for Nebraska yeah. Creighton. A ball would be hit towards the shortstop. It blew all the way near foul territory. <laughs> um, and left fielder couldn't grab it. That was for Creighton. But, yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen weather like that ever. And I'm born and raised Nebraskan like you are, Luke. And it was 90 degrees at like 7 o'clock. That next morning at 6 a.m., it was 38. Yeah. That's just, absurd. Just insane. And I, I, I think, you know, the the wind, you know, the, the normal wind was like, you know, a regular windy Nebraska day. But, I mean, these, these gusts were like an insane type of like <laughs> if you're, in, you know, a grandma or grandpa, you like hold on to your walker. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're really holding on for your dear life yep. in these conditions. And, I mean, I— I can't even imagine driving on the interstate oh. like a, a semi trucker or anything. You better Pull take that over, thing yeah. slow and and ride it out because it was it was definitely a, a day to remember. Yeah, most certainly. And then that means they had to cram everything into yeah. Thursday. But I mean, what you said they had a two hour delay because it was too cold. Yeah, I mean that that morning it was I think about thirty five degrees as you said. I mean it was windy as heck. Um, yeah, and some of the other fields, I know, I mean, you know, maybe they could have tried to play those two semifinals at, you know, the same time at different fields. But, I mean, Sherman, Densmore, obviously grass fields had to dry out from the storm. Yeah, because they that, got drenched. Yeah, that rolled in that night. And then they had consolation games as well. Um, so, yeah, the the decision was made to start off um, at, at 2 o'clock there on Wednesday you know, try to play 30 minutes after the other semifinal and the final. And it, it's really kind of a wild card because, you know, you, you could get 10 run ruled and you could be done in an hour and a half. Yeah. Or as as we had happen, you can play two three-hour games and then you're there for a marathon of a day. Yeah. Uh, what, you left the field at 1230 yeah. last night? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man. Which, as I said, I mean, you know, summer you get you get some pretty late games. Yeah. I don't think I ever had anything that late. And, I mean, for it to come during the spring is even crazier. Well, I mean, um, I think you tweeted this too that there was no umpires apparently available today. It would have been Thursday. So they had to play all those games. Yeah, that that's what I was told um, from the tournament directors. Obviously, I mean, you know, these umpires, they have day jobs that they have to go to. Um, so a lot of this stuff needs to be scheduled out uh, a couple weeks in advance. So. I mean, honestly, I I do feel for those umpires who are out there yeah. working late nights and they have to go work the next day um, at the regular jobs as well. So, it, I think it was in in the eyes of you know getting this tournament, you know, getting a champion, um, getting all these games played. It was kind of the best to to make light of a, a tough tough situation with all the weather going on. Well, it was Lincoln Southwest who came on top of that hack tournament, upsetting number two Lincoln East in the semis before claiming a 6-3 to three win over the second seed, Carney. And, yeah, that's impressive by Southwest. Uh, Luke, yeah, slam dunk in the top ten now, uh, beat number two East, uh, number one seed in that tournament, and then come back and beat Carney. Uh, and they also beat Fremont, I believe, during that yep. week as well. Um, so, I mean, monster of a week for the Silverhawks. 
And you know what's crazy for me is I was out there at the Miller West invite, big game against East, and they just got smacked. Mm. I mean, they, they were one hit. They were 10-run ruled in five innings. I mean, they 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 didn't look like a top-10 yeah. team. And all it took, you know, a couple of days of, of refocusing, you know, getting back to some of those fundamentals um, that make that team so strong. I mean, the pitching performances, I mean, shutting out these opponents the first two games, a great Fremont team, a state tournament qualifier last year. You know, expect them to be in the mix this year as well. Then they get down. East puts up seven in the first inning. And to be honest, I'm like, okay, here we go again. You know, there's, <laughs> East is going to cruise. And just inning by inning, you know, two runs here, three runs here. I'm just shutting them off the board. And then, you know, they they get into extra innings, and they leave the bases loaded twice, which, I mean, you're, you're thinking, wow. okay, you know, we that was our chance there to get it done, take it all the way to the ninth. And young old uh, Carter Chamberlain, sophomore, as we mentioned a, a couple weeks ago, son of Jabba Chamberlain, comes in, game-winning hit, gets the win on the mound, cool as ice. I mean, wonder wonder where he learned that from. Yeah, I, I wonder. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the, the nightcap was just as good as well. I mean, I I feel even more for Carney, you know, knowing that they have a, a two-hour bus ride, you yep. know, back home after getting that thing done. And I, I'm sure their bus ride back on Tuesday was awful with that weather going on. Yeah. So, I mean— Obviously, shout out to the Bearcats for for coming down to Lincoln and and putting together a great tournament as well. But Southwest got up early. Um, Carney came back, tied it up 3-3. And then a a clutch inning, you know, just great team baseball. Got it done. The pitching on the mound, Jack Schaefer and Thomas Fraley um, was the standout for for me there. And four wins in 36 hours, that is just incredible for any baseball team. A lot so Silverhawks certainly earned this yep. hack title, and we'll use that momentum as they look to finish out this final stretch of the year on good terms. Uh, but you go outside the hack, and Creighton Brep, who's ranked number one coming into this week, falls to fourth um, after losing to Bellevue West in Millard South. Creighton Prep, a little bit of adjustment period now, a couple, a few losses here. Um, obviously, they're Creighton Prep, so they're they're they're, they're going to be fine, but. It makes the field even more interesting. Oh, definitely. And what's kind of interesting about prep, too, is I think they have four or five wins over Missouri teams, Mm, Um, you know, a couple out-of-state tournaments. So it's a little bit hard sometimes to gauge um, how good some of those opponents were. And I I do think those are good wins. um, But just, you know, if you're you're playing, you know, 15 games against Nebraskan opponents, it's a lot easier to— to compare where they are. So, I mean, that's a Bellevue West team with a lot of talent. I yeah. um, haven't necessarily put it together so far this year. And I think, you know, them and Millard South are, are so close in quality. You you know, you play that 10 times, it might be a 5-5 split. Yeah. So, yeah, Millard West uh, reclaimed the number one spot after winning their home invite last week. But they follow that up with losses to Omaha Burke and Millard South. So, Patriots making a, their case to be number one, Luke. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens in, in the Metro Conference Tournament. That'll be a, a big decider. But I will say after going up there to Millard and, you know, watching West and South for the, the first time this year, I was just blown away. I mean, how talented they are, one to nine throughout the lineup. Um, pretty much I've seen that here in East. But, I mean, those teams, they've got they've got kids who are, are capable of, of hitting, you know, extra bases and, and stealing it. Um, getting it, getting it done in any different variety of ways, just throughout the lineup, pinch hitters as well, and then the pitching depth. I mean, Millard West that was what led them to that invitational title um, before the season. I I said you know they've got the, the, got they've got the best pitching staff 
um, in the entirety of the state. And seeing them in person, I, I still stand by that. Just tons of great arms, mm-hmm. and and they got it done there. But it's it's hard. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard to keep up that same level, uh, especially when you've got all the talent spread out. These teams that can just put it together for for a game or two. Um, and then lastly, uh, a notable uh, Miller North uh, surging right now as well. Yeah, picked up a, a lot of big wins just right in a row, beating a bunch of different top 10 opponents. And, you know, they, I, I had them up at number 10 in, in my ratings, and I feel pretty confident that they're going to make a, a good account of themselves in the Metro tournament as well. Uh, those wins uh, just over uh, Papio South, and I believe they beat Westside and Fremont maybe as well. Uh, a couple of different top 10 wins. And, you know, they, they started off slow. I think they lost two to North Star to open up the year, and that kind of spiraled them down to like one in five or so. Mm-hmm. But a ton of talent, obviously, as we know, they're in Millard, and they're in the mix as well. Well, a lot of chaos happening in Class A, and that continued into Class B because they're also in conference tournament time. Uh, Elkhorn, uh, who's had a young roster and had some struggles so far this year, but they seem to have turned that around just in time for the Eastern Midlands Conference Tournament, upsetting number two Norris 5-4, to four, uh, and then beat uh, as well as Bennington did defeat Elkhorn North. Uh, no, Elkhorn North, sorry. Elkhorn North beat Number four Bennington thirteen to five to set up an all Elkhorn EMC final um, Elkhorn North and Elkhorn. Yeah, conference tournament chaos. I mean, really, I would have that that Elkhorn North Bennington to me was more of a toss up. But I I would have just said, okay, Norris is in the final. I mean, they have the talent. I mean, they they have the pitching. They have the hitting. They're they're really the whole package versus an Elkhorn team that's had some big big defeats. I mean, they've been run ruled quite a few times. Uh, but I will shout out to Ben Ayala uh, there for Elkhorn. I think he's one of the best players in the entirety of Class B, and he came up big in that game to to lead him to victory. And that that Elkhorn North team, I had them at number eight because they've been very up and down. But I mean, they are just as talented as you know Norris or any mm-hmm. of these other top Class B teams. I would really not be surprised to see them you know make a late season push and be a team that that contends there at the state tournament. Well, when you talk about top of the field, number one, Omaha Scott uh, did lose a couple to Class A opponents, Bellevue West in Fremont, but when they went back down and played Class B, they did beat number five, Mount Michael, 13-3. to Yeah, both those uh, Class A games, you know, were just a little bit more a uh, chance for Scott to prove themselves. I think uh, it still shows, you know, kind of that gap between some different, you know, top 10 or, or contender status teams in Class A. Um, obviously, some of these top Class B teams can can beat them on any given day, but still too difficult to to get that done. And beating Mount Michael at the same time, it's like okay, you know they they are still at the top of Class B. Got to give a shout out to Mount Michael's Luke Broderick, uh, state leader in home runs, seven home runs. I think he's top ten in ERA as well. Mm-hmm. So he's having himself one heck of a year. He certainly is, and. Uh, then the round out the rankings, Lincoln Christian and Malcolm, both uh, local area teams, make it into the Class B rankings, Luke. Yeah, really excited to see um, both of those teams. I think, you know, the, their early season schedules is maybe not top 10 opponents, maybe not the most difficult um, schedules top to bottom. That's getting a lot harder here in the next couple of weeks. But, I mean, if you're picking up wins where you need to pick up wins, I mean, you're, you're deserving of a top 10 ranking, and particularly there at, at Malcolm just put together a story on them, but just split off from Raymond Central from their co-op um, first year as their own varsity baseball program. 
and they are just enjoying life. Yeah. Another, <laughs> another shout out, another talented player, Mason Wisniewski, a freshman, and he's I think top ten batting average, um, several home runs, and also their closer up there at Malcolm. So he's a, a player to watch here next couple seasons. Well, that rounds out what's been happening uh, around the state in all of our spring sports, and especially chaos um, in the boys' soccer and baseball. But we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Luke, we're going to talk about the recent NSAA meeting and the changes that occurred there, as well as pushing the decision about state basketball. But then a preview of what's happening this weekend, including the Metro Baseball Tournament. All that coming up next on the Prep Extra Podcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal-Star. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Prep Extra Podcast, presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. Jeff Ekstrom alongside Luke Mullen. And Luke, let's recap uh, what's happened uh, at the recent NSAA uh, meeting. Plenty of changes, and you were there to recap it all. So kind of give us some of these highlights here uh, from this recent meeting. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest changes. um was the high school baseball, you know, what's what's going on right now. I mean, in, enjoy the 2022 season as it is because it'll look a lot a lot different in, in 2023. <laughs> and really the, the big thing is we're adding a third class, a Class C for baseball, which is to me is a huge win for a lot of different programs uh, just because you look at the Class B landscape, and I think we're up to 39 teams this season. I'm sure with the addition of Class C, um, you know, Hard to speculate, but you know maybe eight to ten more if I had to guess, and they're just going to have that anybody that's not a class A top half go to class B, uh, bottom half in terms of enrollment go to class C. Mm. And what's really interesting for me is, I mean, you you look at a couple of the teams that I just mentioned, like Lincoln Christian and Malcolm. I mean, they're they're bottom five enrollment teams in class B, and don't get me wrong, they're contending. And, you know, who, who knows what this season will, will lead to. But, I mean, if you're thinking about trying to win a state title against a, a school like Scott, Beatrice, Waverly, you know, that Norris, that they really have these big enrollments. Okay, well, you, you split into Class C, and suddenly, you know, Lincoln Christian and Malcolm, they're playing for a state championship. You know, they're, they're really the strongest yeah. teams in the class. You know, you, you get these smaller schools, like I saw Maxwell St. Pat's out there at Lincoln yep. Christian. I mean, they're going to be able to get more games on their schedule, uh, more competitive, and just uh, really I think this is a, a great change hoping to increase the amount of baseball teams, the amount of different games we can get going in the spring. Yeah, I mean, it's all about sustainability. Like, yeah. The top-end teams for Malcolm and Christian are going to be up there with all those other Class B teams, but consistently with the lower class enrollments, you're not going to have – every school goes through its ups and downs, and yep. that's even – more so for teams with smaller enrollments. And so I think it's good. The baseball baseball is growing in Nebraska. Um, so I think I think it's really good that they added another class. I think it was needed. Oh, yeah. I had heard definitely from a, a few different Class B coaches that they were really looking forward to the addition of Class C. I'm just going to make things a lot easier um, for everybody involved. And just even more, I mean, it was a sole class of, of high school baseball for a very long time. Yeah, You get Class B in. And now we're moving towards Class C. 
um, definitely a, a good look just for the entire participation of, of high school baseball. And the other thing that's quite interesting is that the postseason, the state championship format was tweaked slightly. Another very positive change, in, in my opinion. You know, the, the current format for high school baseball state championships is you get the eight teams, you know, seed them one to eight for this double elimination bracket. And, I mean, for the winner's bracket, it doesn't change too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go down to the loser's bracket, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion, you know, frankly, for— yeah, I don't I don't get the format with the yeah. loser's bracket at all. So, I mean, basically, the, the current format that they had, they don't want you to GP your first-round or second-round matchup. Mm-hmm. So if you hadn't played a team already, you get moved to that. And the other issue um, that would arise a lot of the time— is there would be two teams coming out of the loser's bracket. And so they would, um, you know, they they both have one loss. And so they'd play that game and, you know, they'd they'd advance the next day. And then you've got a case where the team out of the loser's bracket needs to win two to beat, you know, the team out of the winner's bracket, which, you know, for a a format like this, obviously that's a a needed thing, but it makes it a lot more difficult for television, parents, supporters, students, you know, anybody really involved to know if, okay, we got to go there at 3 o'clock because that's going to be the state championship game, or do we need to be there at 7 o'clock yeah. because that's that's the real state yep. championship game. Um, so the new format that they've got, very similar to College World Series, they'll still see the teams 1 to 8, but then they'll make two separate uh, double elimination brackets. So the top side, um, probably 1, 8, 4, 5, you know, bottom side, 2, 7, 3, 6. And it'll be, um, you know, the same thing where, like, okay, if you come out of the loser's bracket, you're going to need to beat the winner's bracket team twice. But you get to that championship game, just one winner-take-all game between the two champions of the different sides of the bracket, which hopefully, um, I spoke to Dan Masters from NSA. He's in charge of baseball. We're really hoping that will lead to televised games. I mean, we, we don't have that so far in baseball or in softball. Um, a little bit due to format. I mean, the the different setups, you know, different television considerations. But yep. I, I I feel pretty pretty good that you know, knowing it's a winner take all game, we could definitely get some TV coverage in the future. Yeah, let's see. When you talk about the major sports that just don't get covered by Nebraska public media, which does all the state championships, baseball and softball are very notable missing notable sports in there. So, yeah, and I I like that too, go into one single game because while two out of three may seem like fair to the winner's bracket, the losers coming through the loser's bracket, but I think it's just better if it's one game. Oh, I mean the the drama, I mean, yeah. yeah, And I I think especially for the players too, I mean. Because you're playing back-to-back. Yeah, mentally preparing yourself for a one-off game is a lot lot simpler than than – the all the different questions and scenarios you might be running through. Okay, do we pitch this guy here? You know, or do you have to be ready for the next game? Well, yep. Just there's a lot of different things going on. This just simplifies it a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, and then additional changes. We go over to football, and then you have in Class C one and C two. Higher seed will have now home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which I'm always a fan of because I feel like. What's the point of the seeds if you're not hosting, yep. if you're the higher? Because I feel like that was kind of dumb. And I get trying to get away team a home game and all that, but then don't even see them then if you're, if the higher seed doesn't have any advantage whatsoever. Yeah, we, we spoke about this in the yeah. fall. It was it, it is kind of an interesting situation where 
if you were, you know, the higher seeded team, you're really kind of hoping that the team that hosted last round, you know, wins. Obviously, I mean, you 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 have no say over it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I mean, you you want the home game no matter what. You don't want to take a two hour bus ride anywhere. Um, so I'm I'm definitely in in favor of having these higher seeds get that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I mean, it it does stink if yeah. you know you're a team that plays a tough schedule. You know, you you pick up two losses here, and you know you're a, a number nine or a number ten seed, and you know you're counting on an upset to maybe get you a chance at a home game. But ultimately, I mean, every game counts for something. It yeah. it just gives added uh, emphasis to all these regular season games. Um, making sure that the team that's most consistent picks up the most wins, they get rewarded for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's been my one of the bigger issues in postseason formats. Yeah, higher seed has earned the home field advantage. I don't think they should just give it to yeah. the way seed because they didn't get a first round home game. And I I will say, I mean, it's kind of interesting um, going back to last year's very notable game for me is Pierce and Ashland Greenwood. I mean. Ashland's the number one seed. Pierce, you know, they pick up a couple losses, including to eventual C2 state champion Lakeview. And they're up there at the number nine seed. So semifinal round, they hadn't hosted. Ashland has to go out there to Pierce. And, you know, after the game, I talked to head coach uh, Mark Bramer, and he said if if they played at Ashland, you know, it might be worth a touchdown the other way. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it really does make a huge difference in these in these playoff games. Yeah. So, yeah, a welcoming change in both aspects in baseball and football. Um, and Luke, uh, the basketball, state basketball format decision was postponed. Um, that will now be made in their May meeting. Um, so that's still up in the air. But otherwise, any other highlights from that meeting? Yeah, I mean, the, the basketball, that was definitely a, a big topic. I mean, they, yeah. the board of directors, they spent probably 30, 45 minutes debating that amongst themselves. And I, I would say that the general consensus is, okay, good on us for, you know, getting this crazy six-day format done. Yeah. We never want to do that again. I nope. mean, for schools, the costs, the travel, I mean, all, all the different logistics, it was just a crazy, crazy week. And teams are, are pretty in, in favor of going back to the separate week of girls and boys basketball. And, you know, the main contention is is something that we've talked about. It is getting the C2 – games out of LPS schools, yeah. you know, getting more games into Devaney for a four-day tournament versus going back to the traditional three-day kind of sprint to the finish, yeah. um, which is super exciting, obviously has its its positives. And a lot of the different um, considerations that NSA had to make, make is, okay, well, it's a lot more expensive to rent out Devaney. Yeah. I mean, another day... Um, travel costs if you're a team from western Nebraska, you know, trying to stay for a four-day tournament versus a three. Um, so, you know, they, they debated amongst themselves, and they decided let's survey the schools again. You know, every school gets one vote, and hopefully they produce a consensus that they can, you know, see at that May meeting. But I have a feeling it's it's going to be a, a pretty yeah. tough decision once again. I, I really don't have any idea which way yeah. – is more popular amongst these schools at this moment. Both have its its positives and its negatives for for different classes. Obviously, I it's not really public what each school wants, but based on some Twitter polls I've seen from NEB Prep fans and media members, that the consensus is the four day Devaney and PBA format um, is what 
I think most of those people want. But again, that perspective is a lot different than from a school perspective, yeah. especially with money. So we will see what happens. And, and the one thing in that that, you know, something I hadn't really thought of before it was brought up at that meeting, um, one of the, the members of the board said, well, superintendents are, are a lot more concerned with the four-day tournament because it's another day you're missing classroom time. Yep. I mean, a lot of these these coaches are teachers too. I mean, you have to get a substitute to come in. There's a lot of different yeah. factors that are are more than just you know four quarters and and uh, putting together a, a championship team and are out the, out there on the court. So it is it is a very complicated issue. Um, I am not jealous of the NSAA and yep. having to make all those decisions. Yep. So. Uh, so we'll see what they come up with and what the schools – I'm really interested in what the schools want yeah, specifically because obviously our perspective is a lot different than what they, theirs are. So if they make that public, um, I'd be really interested to know which way the schools are leaning. But anything else for that meeting, Luke? Yeah, well, the other other small, small things um, in terms of district and, and state championship track, they just kind of locked in uh, the dates. Uh, Class D on Wednesday, Class C on Thursday, A and B on Tuesday for the district championships, and then for state track, Class A and B competing on Wednesday and Thursday, C and D on Friday and Saturday there at state track. Uh, Previously, I think they rotated some of that stuff, and before that, it was even more combined, which was just anybody that's there at state track knows how insane some of those days were. So a change looking to kind of alleviate some of this compression, spread out the schedule a little bit more. Then in terms of basketball, a very interesting rule change. You know, probably it could be a couple of years, you know, honestly, before we ever see this put into action. But they did approve some limited video replay mm. at the state basketball finals only in two instances to determine whether a basket was released before the game clock expires or to determine whether a shot was a two or three point field goal. And just at the end of the game, I don't know if that's a minute, two minutes yeah. in the fourth quarter. Obviously, we, we don't want, you know, NBA where there you know, 20 reviews yeah. in, in the last two minutes. Um, so I, th- just two small changes, but, I mean, it's it's a hard game to officiate and anything that, that gives the officials, you know, uh, a better ability to make sure the correct call is made is is a positive in my book. I could see them just starting – start doing it next year. I yeah. Mean, Nebraska Public Media has that technology. So uh, that in the finals, the real question will be is whether they start doing that in the semis too. Because one, uh, that puts all the pressure then on Strive slash Nebraska News Channel Nebraska, and whether they have that technology as well, um, because they cover the semis mm-hmm. and Nebraska Public Media finals. So that'll probably be a few years, but I would imagine they start doing that right away in the finals. And you never know; it could be you know that any any type of rule proposal can come through. It might be able to yeah. be expanded, um, you know, tip ball in the last thirty seconds. You never know. There's a lot yeah. of different. Uh, factors that could expand that as well. Uh, one more wish for me, if, if the NSA changed anything, move wrestling back to four days instead of three. It, it is it is a crazy, crazy three days. Yeah. And with, with girls wrestling now too. They need to expand it. I, I mean, that that's growing as well. I I think you're you're pretty spot on there. It is, it is kind of crazy, you know, from a, an NSA perspective. I mean, three days is, is already – you know, in their eyes a lot, but yeah. with how big some of these events have got, I mean, yeah. CHI is sold out for some of these championship rounds. I mean, yeah. four days, more revenue, more costs. It's a it's a balancing act, but with how much, you know, 
these events are a draw, I think the more days the better to to make sure it's not too crammed into everything. And selfishly, I always uh, – I really not like the media setup at CHI with state wrestling. And when they had it four days, they had seating around all of the mats, just not one side. So selfishly, I want I want all that room. So <laughs> – <laughs> that that's my wish, NSA. Grant me this one wish, yes. please. Yes, we'll, we'll put in a good word for yes. you. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Well, Luke, let's take a look at uh, what's going on around the state in the spring sports this upcoming week. We'll start in soccer on the boys' side. Uh, big one in Class A. You have number four, Omaha South, taking on number six, Westside. Of course, the Packers trying to recover from that big loss to prep, and Westside coming off that big win um, over Elkhorn South. Yeah, this is this is a huge one for me. I mean, to see... If Omaha South is is really kind of more having a down year, or if it was just, you know, Prep had their number those two games. Westside has a ton of talent. I mean, they've been up there. They got some big wins as well. Uh, so that's definitely going to be a, a huge battle in that one. And then now Creighton Prep taking on Gretna. That one, that's a potential state tournament final matchup right there. Oh yeah, and I mean, two very different I think atmospheres for both teams. You've got a prep team that should be really hungry yeah. after being beat twice in a row versus a Gretna team that probably just achieved one of their season goals. I mean, they are riding a, an emotional high to be sure. You know, can they bring that same level of play that, that brought them that championship trophy against a team that they didn't see, get to see there that they might have thought that was going to be their opponent? And then you have the Eastern Midlands Conference Final between Waverly and Elkhorn North to round out those notable matchups on the boys' side. Waverly having a great year, and uh, that's going to be a big one for them just to make sure that they continue uh, this hot start. Big Elkhorn North team um, had a, a great semifinal win as well, uh, so they're not going to be easy to, to beat. Then you go on to the girls' side, uh, Lincoln East, um, after dropping that 1-0 decision um, to uh, Lincoln Southwest. Uh, can they get back on track against Lincoln High, Luke? Lincoln High has pushed a lot of teams. I think you know they, they're about 5-5 five and five so far this year, um, but, but they've had some really difficult matchups. Uh, pretty tough team to get past, and if East wants to be that you know top four uh, state championship contender team, they definitely need to be able to, to put some of these games away. And just like the boys' side, the Eastern Midlands Conference final is between Norris and Elkhorn North. That one should be pretty good, uh, I would say. Yeah, you know, that, that Elkhorn North girls team, they've been up there um, in the Class B rankings for much of the season. And Norris, of course, you know, state championship contender. They were there last year. Um, I, I think they won AMC last year as well, so they're looking to, de- to defend that, that conference title. And then we move into baseball upcoming week. The big draw this weekend is the Metro Conference Tournament. And Luke, uh, chaos uh, impending most likely um, and certainly could get a, get a lot of really good quarterfinal um, matchups if the higher seed wins. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard to, to project out, you know, this far in advance. You never even know um, how these opening round games are going to go. But just looking at what we got, could see a, a Millard South, Millard North. Big rivalry game, as I mentioned, Miller North has been hot. Papio South Prep, two top 10 teams. I believe they played earlier this year. Gretna Alcorn South, another two top 10 teams there as well. Gretna has been hot. Alcorn South has all the talent in the world. Uh, been a little up and down. And then Westside, Millard West, the other uh, potential quarterfinal if those top teams win. Millard West, top seed for this tournament. And they're going to expect to be that way. But, I mean, just like, as you said, there was chaos in the hack. Um, to me, I think, you know, Millard South, Millard West, those are the top two seeds. But 
I got a feeling it's it's not yeah. going to be them in the final. It's going to be some crazy matchup that'll will come out of nowhere and and produce some big drama. Hot, hot takes? Any uh, predictions? Yeah, no that that is that is a good question. I I think prep might make a run. Um, I don't know that that's a, a hot take when they were just <laughs> number one, but obviously you know coming off a couple losses, Millard South just beat them. Um, so I would say, I mean Miller North has potential as that dark horse, but I would say prep. And then the winner of that Gretna Elkhorn South matchup, um, potentially to meet in the final. Not counting out Millard West. Yeah. Um I, I definitely think that they are are very likely to be in that final as well. But anything can happen. Most certainly, as we saw from Hack, maybe the yep. Metro will take uh from their example and uh, follow up with even more chaos. Uh before we go away, Luke, where can we find you this week? Yeah, gonna be out at Trailblazer Conference Tournament, Beatrice and Wahoo, Bishop Newman, Lincoln Lutheran. Um that's gonna be a great matchup. And that that pretty much does it. I mean, with this crazy hack tournament, you know, these Lincoln teams, they can lay low the next couple of days. Um, I think we have a few different city matchups on Saturday going on, but obviously Easter Sunday coming up. So mm-hmm. all our listeners enjoy the time off time with your family mm-hmm. if you celebrate that. And we'll be we'll be back at it next week. I'm really getting into crunch time for a lot of these spring yeah. sports um, districts. Not too far away. We'll yeah. start. Really kind of looking at some of those different district scenarios and matchups here coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, and I think you've certainly earned a couple of days off, actually, <laughs> Thank after you, covering Thank those you. Uh, couple of hack matchups. So uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LMullen7 and at Sports, And make sure to follow at Prep Extra for all the latest updates as well as checking out JournalStar.com to keep up with all the scores gamers recaps features rankings whatever you need to catch up on the nebraska high school sports scene you can find it there at journalstar.com that's gonna wrap things up here from the prep extra podcast thank you so much for listening everybody make sure to follow us on spotify and on twitter um, and look out for next week as well we'll be back at it as the spring sports season is in the final stretch. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. From Luke Mullen, I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Now go out and enjoy some spring sports.